Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. No tease this week, and we stopped it right there. Because that's when it's at its best. That's what Michigan football is all about. The team, the team, the team. However, what it has become about in these last few weeks is Harbaugh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh. And Jim Harbaugh, I believe, has committed a cardinal sin of coaching. He's made it all about him. And as we sit here now on the brink of him getting on a plane and interviewing with the Minnesota Vikings, perhaps the worst of the nine openings in the NFL so far this offseason, one of the worst cap situations in the league, straddled with the Kirk Cousins contract, oldest roster in the league, worse weather than Michigan has. This isn't going home to Las Vegas where Jim Harbaugh met his wife, Sarah, and she was a successful real estate agent and the warm weather and a playoff team that's maybe a player or two away from being in a Super Bowl in a tremendous city and no state income tax. No, it's not that at all. Um, Any of the narratives that we were given about why he wanted to pursue the NFL this time or would look at it. Uh, or was using it for leverage, have been completely and totally blown up by this gesture. Which is why, if I were Ward Manuel, the Michigan Athletic Director, I would tell Jim Harbaugh, if you get on that plane to Minneapolis, you're fired. You're Bill Frieder, and I'm Bo Schembechler. A Michigan man's going to coach Michigan. You're fired. You get on a plane and go somewhere on signing day to interview for another job, You're fired. You've fired yourself. That's what I would say if I were Ward Manuel, but I'm not. I'm Steve Dace. Go Blue, and welcome to this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. As the Harbaugh turns, we should be we should we should be operating with maximum momentum right now after such a breakthrough season. But instead, our head coach decided to let his ego get in the way while supposedly assuring players and recruits for weeks they had nothing to worry about. And now we sit here, early February, spring practice just around the corner, signing day just around the corner, 14 players are early enrollees from this class, now not knowing who their coach is going to be, assistant coaches and their families re-upping on their homes, on tuition for their, for their, uh, for their children, not knowing what their futures are going to be. Why? Nobody knows because it's Jim Harbaugh. He doesn't have to have accountability. And the one time he got some, lo and behold, 
What do you know? The one time Jim Harbaugh got some accountability, we finally had the kind of season around here that we thought we were going to have several times by now. And now, and now he wants to run. Now he wants to bolt. So let's take a look at, at kind of where I think we are and how we got here. Um, and I, I, I don't really have any inside sources. I mean, you do this for long enough. And uh, if you have, uh, you know, a, a job, a day job with a profile like I do, you run into people that know things. But I'm not a source guy when it comes to Michigan. I, I, I hear stuff, but I don't know if it's secondhand, thirdhand. This is largely just based off of, uh, you know, I, I read people and news stories for a living. And I've been a 20-plus year subscriber to the two biggest Michigan sites, and I've been a Michigan fan since 1983. I, I mean, I was here when Jimmy was holding kicks as the backup quarterback, okay? So here's what I think um, we, we, we know about this. Number one, this is not about leverage. I still had people tweeting me today, this is all for leverage to get a better NIL. No, no, it's, it's not about leverage. You, you, don't, you don't use the Minnesota Vikings right before signing day for leverage. No. I think claims to the contrary, secondly, are all spin and rationalization. Spin from Harbaugh surrogates or slaps rationalizations from fans that just don't want to believe that this is true. Number three, uh, I think Jimmy, the wife, family, somebody, et cetera, on, simply on some level is interested, to, intrigued about returning to the NFL. This is not, number four, about a lowball offer from Ward. But the lowest one that I have seen speculatively reported would still make Jimmy about the second highest paid coach in the league with incentives. So essentially a deal that kind of mirrors what James Franklin has at Penn State. Number five, he has had his surrogates jump on Twitter to complain about money or, quote, hurt feelings. First of all, dude, you're 60. Hurt feelings? Get the bleep out of here with that, man. But anyway... You cannot go from rightly being praised for giving millions of your salary away and and being quoted as saying you'll do the job for free to then having your surrogates go out in the media and complain about being lowballed. That, that's just terrible optics, man. So either get some better surrogates or tell them to shut up. That would be my advice. Number six, I think this is obviously a terrible time for this to be happening. The fact that Jimmy has allowed this to go on for this long indicates how serious the interest in the NFL is. He would not knowingly sabotage a program he may have to return to coaching. Now, I don't know how he comes back. I, I don't. I, I have no idea you walk back in that building when you've left players and your coaches hung out to dry without knowing what the future is. I, I don't know how you do that. I don't. Uh, that's why I'm... I said a few minutes ago, if I were Ward Manuel, I'd tell him if you get on that plane to Minneapolis, you're fired. He has almost no buyout, okay? The Louisiana Tech coach has a higher buyout. So you're fired. You're Bill Frieder, and you fired yourself. So uh, enjoy your travels. That's what I would say. Number seven, uh, this is not like last year. Last year, yes, his extension talk lingered on when he didn't have a contract. But that was announced on January 8th. This has gone on for far too long to be anything other than he's just looking to leave for the NFL. I mean, at the time I sent this tweet, it was 58 days since the Big Ten Championship, 31 days since the Orange Bowl, add a day or two. Or depending on when you're watching or listening to this, add a few more. But plenty of time to get a deal done if he wanted it to be done. Number eight, 
Even if he were to come back, you could be looking at a John Beeline situation. Remember, we were surprised to find out after the fact that Beeline had interviewed um, the year before he left with the Detroit Pistons. And then he turned around and left for the Cleveland Cavaliers. If Jimmy stays here, it's just because the NFL did not want him. We're the sloppy seconds here. We're the fallback. Now, we might be a beloved fallback, but Michigan's a fallback nevertheless. Boy, that a fallback for a coach who... Can't beat Mel Tucker and is one in six against Ohio State. I like them apples. How's that tasting for you? That taste all uh, leaders and bestie for you? Yeah. Yeah, not for me either. Uh, number nine. If he leaves now, here's what you cannot do. You cannot hire an interim coach for a year like Ohio State did in 2011. I am seeing this postulated uh, on message boards by everyday Wolverine fans and even people with platforms. You can't do this. Here's why. When, when Ohio State did this with Luke Fickle in 2011, there wasn't an early signing period. All right, if you've looked at what's happened to recruiting classes for schools that fired their coaches uh, since we in, brought in the early signing period five years ago, it has devastated their classes, which is why this year for the first time you saw programs firing coaches in season in mass in college football as an attempt to get ahead of this, to have a coach in place at least for a few weeks before that early signing period when 80 to 90% of the prospects that you would want are going to sign. So you can't do that. You would wreck. They're already recruiting the 24, the 23 class right now, and you haven't signed fully the 22 class yet. And by this fall, that most of that recruiting will be done, and you'll already be going ahead in the wintertime for the 24 class. You can't do that. You potentially wreck two classes. Secondly, we have the transfer portal now with NIL slush funds. You don't think Donovan Edwards? You don't think Georgia? Donovan Edwards, second choice, hasn't called him up. Hey, man, did you see what happened to y'all in the Orange Bowl? Now you don't know who your coach is. We've got, nice, got a nice NIL deal down here for you at Athens, at Acme Athens. I like them, apples. But the, that's a lot more than Michigan's NIL program. You don't think J.J. McCarthy is getting calls? There's so much talent in these younger two classes. Your roster will get raided. You cannot have an interim head coach. And if, and if Ward Manuel says we're going to have an interim head coach for 2022 – Fire him on the spot. You can't do it. All right, that's suicide, frankly. All right, next, number 10. There is no one on staff with any semblance of resume that would get a head coaching job of this magnitude if they didn't already work here. I love Mike Hart. I wish maybe Jimmy would have waited two to three years to do this, and Hart is more groomed now, and you can hand it off to him if you want. But he's no way ready yet. Josh Gaddis was passed over at places like Virginia and Duke for a reason. Wouldn't you hate to wake up one day in May and read in the Detroit Free Press why that might be? So you have to do a national search, okay? You have to do a national search. Number 11. By the way, one more thing. Can we go back to Gaddis? Gaddis did a phenomenal job this year. I thought the other Michigan coordinator... Uh, McDonald should have gotten the Broyles Award. But remember, this was the first time his offense was successful here. And it wasn't his offense. Yeah, I know he called the plays. This is largely Jimmy's stuff. They reverted back to a lot of Jimmy's philosophical schematic uh, legacy in order to get that offense consistent and effective again. So, no. Next. 
Remember the Michigan State hired Big Ten coach, the current Big Ten coach of the year, on an even later timetable just two years ago. It was February 4th, the day before National Signing Day that Mark D'Antonio retired. So it was well after National Signing Day that Mel Tucker was brought in. It's not too late at all. In fact, right now you'd have the entire coaching carousel all to yourself. And given the foundation that Jimmy would be leaving behind, he has done a good job rebuilding the program, not to mention Michigan's tradition and resources, there's going to be major interest in this job. Major interest in this job. Number 12. There are lots of good coaches out there that could go 1-6 against Ohio State, not beat Mel Tucker, and win just one Big Ten championship in seven years. We just snapped our longest title drought in program history. Jimmy coached 40% of those seasons. He has done a good job here. Good, not great. He's hardly irreplaceable. A couple of quick postscripts on this. Interviewing now on National Signing Day, stringing along your assistants so that now they won't get planned vacations and have uncertain futures is a douche move. It's a douche move. And we'd say so if his name was Brian Kelly. Finally, let this be a lesson for some of you. Coaches are mercenaries. There are too many people around here and on message boards that thought it was the University of Harbaugh the last few years. And you've allowed yourselves to be spun accordingly, and now you're angry because you feel like you've been played. You were, but you kind of played yourself, as the great prophet Dave Chappelle once said. And you know why? Because you forgot. Right where we stopped that intro, you forgot it too. You forgot it's the team, the team, the team, not Harbaugh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh. We root for Michigan. Well, the calendar is about to turn to basketball season. And if you like sports handicapping and you like Michigan podcast, a great way to marry those two is to support us on our Patreon at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. College basketball last year, we were 59 games over 500. We hit 56% of the games in the NCAA tournament. We correctly advised you to take Baylor at 6-1 to one to win the NCAA tournament, which they did. We had a very good college basketball season last year, especially down the stretch. And we're loaded for bear now for the new season as well. And yes, we'll continue on with our football handicapping as well. So make sure you support us just $5 a month. Who knows? It might win you some money when you go to patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. Well, let's get a view from the other side of the septic tank from the one and only, well, not the one and only, but one of the one and onlys we could find, reasonable Ohio State Bucknut fans, uh, our good friend Mark Rogers, who himself has a fantastic channel here on YouTube, the voice of college football. So much great off-season information. You can make money, frankly, with the information that you get from Mark and uh, his contributors on this channel year-round. Good to see you again, my friend. How are you? Steve, it's great to see you as well. I'm doing well and uh, just um, having a good old time, just kicking back and waiting for this to unfold. So let I want to get your take on some of the things I said before you came on. Number one, I said if I were Ward Manuel, I would tell Jim Harbaugh, you get on that plane to Minneapolis, you're fired. You have almost no buyout whatsoever. Uh, the signal you send 
to the entire college football landscape by taking a job interview in the pros on National Signing Day. I don't care how many of our kids are already locked in. And, and, and it's the symbolism. It's the message it sends. And, and there's probably no contract we could sign you to after this if you came back. That next year, if the Colts don't make the playoffs, we just do this every single year. It has to stop. You drag this on for far too long. We entertained this when it was your your hometown Raiders where you've had a lifelong relationship basically with Mark Davis, the son of Al Davis, now the owner, where you got your coaching chops uh, you know, uh, figured out, where you met your wife. She was a Vegas real estate agent. It, it, they're already in the playoffs. There may be a player or two away from the Super Bowl. A unique situation for you and your family to go back to another version of home, fine. But now we're talking the oldest roster in the NFL with one of the worst cap situations in the NFL and Kirk Cousins and worst winners. No. You get on that play. You're fired faster than Bo Beckler could have said Bill Frieder. All right. If you remember that escapade from back in the day, we're not doing that here. You've hung these players. You've hung your assistants out to dry. They were all supposed to be on vacation next week with, with their wives and families. Now they don't have, they don't know if they're going to have jobs. Nope, 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 nope. You get on that plane. You are fired because I don't see how you can bring them back. Your thoughts on that, Mark? Well, I think that's a really bold move and it's a great move and, and i i back it from the standpoint that that you have to be bigger than the 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 player and in this case the coach you are michigan football and yes jim harbaugh would be a huge loss but he also is replaceable so you just laid out some great specifics i have thought in general about this situation and the longer it persists in regards to courting different NFL teams and different NFL teams courting Jim Harbaugh, that there is there is a trust issue that becomes uh, more magnified anytime somebody is offered a job. And there's, I think, a reasonable amount of time to allow somebody uh, to weigh all the options, get together with their family, and give them three days a week, something like that, to determine what what they want and to, and to sort it out. It's a life-changing decision. But then there becomes a trust factor that that if you finally decide to 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 go one way or the other, that if it took you that long, are you really bought in? Are you really convinced? Is this really where you want to be? Uh, if it took you that long to determine that, I, I think that that is, is an issue. And we've probably gotten to that point already. If you want to interview with a rookie GM with one of the worst salary cap teams in the league and the oldest roster in the league, then no, no. I mean, there's no tie. Yes, so he knows this rookie GM. This guy was, you know, a secondary member of the front office of the 49ers when Jim was there seven years ago, okay? So no, that you don't want to be here. That's very clear. That's why if you get on the plane, Mark, you're fired. By getting on the plane, you're answering my question for me. This is this is not a, a unique a legacy franchise. This is not someplace you have a unique tie to and your family comes from warm weather and everything else. None of that. You're you're by getting on this plane and going there, you're telling me that you will literally take any damn NFL job than coach here. And you're telling every recruit and every player that as well. Oh, and we still need to hire a defensive coordinator. So you're telling everybody that we would want to hire for that job that too. That's why if you get on the plane, you're fired. Okay. I like that stand. These are some of the things I've been trying to figure out during this entire process, because this is a unique situation where you've got 
this rarely happens. I'm sure we could come up with some examples where we've got a guy who's acclaimed at his alma mater. That's where he's currently situated. He's aspiring to the NFL, but he's already accomplished at the NFL. He's got the third or fourth best record in the history of the league. Uh, so where is the unfinished business? It's in both locations mm -hmm. at both levels, but which one is a stronger? So so I can't get into the the location, the warm weather, where the family wants to be, those things. Those, those are private. I don't know how that sways and how much of a factor. But in talking about, and then I also, I don't know necessarily the money. That's got to be kind of intriguing, whether Jim is holding it against Michigan, that they sliced him in half prior to last season. Then he went out and proved that he was better than that and uh, really shoved it in their face to a certain extent, whether he holds that against them. But from the standpoint of unfinished business, here's a guy that came within a throw in the end zone of winning a Super Bowl, but did not win a Super Bowl. Here's a guy that has now taken his alma mater uh, through years of struggles, past its arch rival, Big Ten championship, college football playoff, but didn't get it done, which means more to him. Uh, also, you got, uh, I don't know how much he loves to recruit. He seems to like it, but now you've got the transfer portal and you've got NIL to deal with. Maybe he wants to be rid of all that. And maybe he's sick of being the Michigan man, the savior. And maybe he thinks that the probability is that he's already maxed out the program. I, I don't know. He's got to make those determinations. Does he think this is as good as it's going to get? And he's pretty much hit the ceiling at Michigan. That's his determination to make in terms of sizing up this roster, what he's been able to recruit, and how much better he thinks it can get or if he's hit that limit. I don't think any of those things are, are unreasonable. But if your answer is to take the Minnesota Vikings job, you just don't want to be a college football coach at that point. You just don't. I mean, you just, you're just not interested. And, and everybody and their mother, dude, can you imagine, first of all, can you imagine if Jimmy got on, gets on that plane and doesn't get the job? Brother, Paul Feinbaum's going to have to retire. His job just got too easy. Okay? I mean, the amount of clickbait that we have to put up with as Michigan fans, the amount of national media, no program gets more nationally media trolled uh, than, than, than ours does. And that's just not even counting. That's just counting the stuff we might even deserve. That's just the the hyperbole they add on top of it. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if you all had programming meetings about what Harbaugh trolling we were going to do today on ESPN when you were there. I don't know, but it certainly seems like it. Can you imagine if he goes to that woebegone franchise and doesn't get the job, and then comes back and says, "Well, you know, I wanted to be at Michigan." No, dude. The amount of negative recruiting here, Mark. You tell me how you bring him back from this. How do you do it? Well, you're doing something that uh, few people are doing, and that's your ranking and rating and differentiating NFL jobs. Most people look at this as just, okay, this is a college coach. Do you move on to the NFL or not? No, these are very different NFL situations. You've done a nice job of outlining some things that I didn't know about the Minnesota situation. Uh, it's, it's, as far as I know it, the Raiders, the Vikings, or the Dolphins still in play. So those are three very different uh, NFL 
levels of status and, and familiarity and, uh, and, and location and familiarity with ownership and, and all those things are, are different dynamics. So maybe it's not just Michigan versus the NFL. It's Michigan being in a type of hierarchy in his mind versus Minnesota, Miami, and Las Vegas. Well, Las Vegas is out. Josh McDaniels is going to be the coach there. Miami, I could see. You have a quarterback there. You have a team that still has is young, has a lot of young talent with a lot of good draft picks. Um, you're, you're. I mean, I, to me, I think that's a team that has had a winning record the last two years while grooming Tua. I mean, I, that one would make a lot of sense, particularly with Stephen Ross there, the well-known Michigan benefactor as the owner. And he could say, I'm not taking your coach away because he was going to go to the NFL anyway. I'm just bringing him here. That one makes sense. Um, this doesn't make any sense at all unless you just want out. And once a coach sends a signal that he wants out, I just don't know how you come back from that. I don't know what, what the spin is. And the idea that he's maxed the program out, the reality is um, unless you're um, two or three other programs in the country right now, this is the max out finishing number three in the country and making the playoff. I mean, that's, that's the max out unless you're LSU and Joe Burrow landed in your lap or you're Alabama or you're Ohio State or you're Georgia. I'm not even sure we can say Clemson is still there now after what we just saw this last year. I'm not so sure that you're watching kind of the end of their, you know, elite, elite run. I don't think people understand that between Homer Jordan and Rodney Gardner, uh, and and the Dabo era of Clemson football, they weren't very good. Most of you know those two decades in between, right? So the idea that he's maxed out, well, I mean that's winning the Big Ten championship and finishing top three in the country. That's pretty much a max out to ninety nine percent of this sport, Mark. So with going back to Ward Manual and just kind of thinking of the timing of this whole situation. So we are thirty plus days from the Orange Bowl. So. I got to think that there were conversations or Ward Manuel must have had it in his mind whether he was able to effectively communicate this or was strong enough to put down a mandate to say, you know, we've, we've had all these coaching jobs except for the Raiders going to the playoffs, which I don't know what date that took us to, but they were in the first round of the playoffs. That's been three weeks ago that Jim, we're going to give you a couple of oh, weeks. Oh, yeah. Ward should have put a deadline on this a while ago. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That should have been the situation, yes. They, there needed to be a deadline because of a lot of factors, coaching staff, recruiting, and just the look of it as, you know, he's taking his tour across America and, and visiting every other NFL franchise. We're just waiting for him to come back. Come back home, Jimmy. So Not a, we- a good look. A week from now when we talk to you again. Are we discussing how are we either discussing how can Michigan possibly put Humpty Dumpty back together again here or are or are we breaking out a new coach hot board? Which do you think it is? I think Jim Harbaugh is still at Michigan in a week. Uh, I don't profess to be good at guessing these coaching scenarios, though. I think he's gone. I mean, I, it, it's more pathetic to bring him back because he didn't get the job. That's that's more pathetic. That that's oh, absolutely. That's the most. I mean, that's that's. I would rather live through, um, Woody. I I went for two because I couldn't go for three, and Urban Meyer deciding not to score seventy. I'd rather live through that again, than what life will be like for the next eight months, 
before the season starts if we bring him back because he couldn't get arguably the worst opening in the NFL. Good grief, that would be absolute abysmal, which is why. I'll say it again. Word manual should say, if you get on that plane, you're fired. Mark, good to see you again as always, brother. Take care, all right? Thank you so much, Steve. We'll see you. You bet. This week's Twitter poll results, we asked you, do you think Jim Harbaugh wants to continue being the Michigan football coach? Not Willie, but does he want to? Wow. 69.2% of you said no. You don't think he wants to be. 30.8% of you said yes. I go back to how we started the show. How do you bring him back? Furthermore, I can't imagine Jimmy's ego would allow him to get on a plane to Minneapolis to interview for a job that he didn't already know he was going to get. I mean, can you only imagine if he gets on a plane, goes to Minneapolis, and doesn't get that job? Boy, howdy. Oh, my. Paul Feinbaum will have to retire because his job's just too damn easy now. Okay? Now, I just I can't believe Jimmy's ego. You want to talk about desperate, man. That's desperate. Feedback of the week. This comes from Jeremy, who says, if Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan, people like Steve Day should be held accountable for this. He has a large platform and continually bludgeoned the head coach and called for his removal and even said he was going to go to the movie theater instead of watching and cheering on his team when they played against the Buckeyes in a way of encouraging his listeners to consider doing the same. I never encouraged anybody. To do that, everything else he said there is true. I do have a large platform. I did bludgeon the coach because uh, he was 0 6 against Ohio State and 0 2 against Mel Tucker, and I don't regret a friggin' syllable of it. Uh, but I never encouraged anybody else to do the same. Uh, I just said, man, I couldn't handle anymore. But everything else there is true. Then after finding out that Michigan won the game, he jumps on back on the bandwagon as if there was no problem or repercussions to his attitude and public cynicism. Where are the repercussions for the guy making millions of dollars to go 0-6 against Ohio State? Where are the repercussions for that, brah? See, this is what I was just talking about. This schmuck here, he thought it was the University of Harbaugh. Man, I don't give a chit. I don't give a chit if the coach is a Muslim, pansexual, vegan lizard person. I don't care. I don't care. Win. That's it. Win without recruiting menaces to society. I don't care what your APR does, and frankly, neither does 85% of the fan base. I mean, don't like, you know, defecate on the university's academic integrity. But frankly, most of us don't really appreciate much of what these universities teach kids these days anyway. So, no, I don't care about that. Don't recruit menaces to society that are a danger to them and the, and the innocent people around them. Beyond that, then win. That's all we care about is winning. And I don't care what the coach's name is. I don't care if the coach has my politics or different ones. I don't care if the coach has my religion or a different one. I don't care. You know why? Because I root for Michigan. That's why. I'm just fine in my own beliefs. I don't need a coach to affirm them. I need the coach to win. I, I, can, I can handle my beliefs just fine on my own. I don't need anybody to help me with that. What I can't do, though, is help my favorite team win on their own, just like I had nothing to do with them losing. Believe me, if I had that kind of power, we would not have been 0-6 against Ohio State. We would have beaten them maybe once or twice else. Now, we, we, we can't coach the team, so we need a coach that will coach the team, just coach the team. 
as opposed to using the team as a platform for his own ego. So I didn't lose any of those games. Jeremy, I didn't lose any of those games against Ohio State, including the the final two losses, which were arguably the two most embarrassing losses Michigan football has had on a national stage in 50 years. I didn't lose all these bowl games in a row. I didn't go 0-2 to Mel Tucker. I didn't make James Franklin look like a good coach every other year. I didn't do any of that. Your boy did. You know, your same boy now who's running off to the over-the-cap oldest team in the NFL, Minnesota Vikings. Your boy. So, I'm not your problem, brah. Your boy is. That'll do it for this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Michigan Podcast to keep up to date on what we think all things maize and blue between now and the next episode. Uh, Also, like, rate, share, subscribe, five-star review, follow, um, whichever applies to however you access the show, whether it is watching right here on on, I, on YouTube or listening on iTunes, et cetera. Uh, the, help us to find more Michigan fans just like you. Not more Harbaugh fans, not more whoever the next coach is fans. We root for Michigan. When people do well for Michigan, we root, it, we root for them. When they do Michigan dirty, we root against them. Okay, we're not a cult. We are fans of a team, not a cult of personality. We root for Michigan. Go Blue. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.